You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 234. Today, I'm speaking with certified hypnotherapist Doug O'Brien on how to use hypnosis to reprogram your life. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. Woo! How you doing? Today, we've got a very special interview in store for you. I've been going through some content and some training from someone I really liked. His name's Doug O'Brien. He's a certified hypnotherapist. You can visit and learn all about him at DougO'BrienHypnosis.com. We've linked up his sites in the show notes for you. And this is a topic we like, I think a lot of our listeners, you, have been wanting to get into and we haven't talked much about it. And I use hypnosis. I've used it like for years, not every day, and I'm not the best at uh, having that as like a daily routine or anything, but I've used it a lot. In fact, in the episode, I tell the story of how I, um, (laughs) so funny, how I, oh gosh, now I'm just in my head. I'm in my head right now. Here's the story. Let me just pull it back because I'm just laughing at myself right now and you'll see why in a second. Back in the day, it was a Tuesday. No, back in the day, I would give like my one of my first businesses was I was teaching social media to real estate agents and I got off of a presentation. I was teaching to an entire office. There's like 50 agents or something in the room and I had someone come up to me and they're like, James, I learned a lot. It was great. But, you know, I had to share something with you. I was like, OK, oh, boy, here it comes. They go, I'm in Toastmasters. And one of the things we learned in Toastmasters is like count the ums. And you had like, and she gives some ridiculous number, like 67 ums in like a 35 minute presentation. I'm laughing because I like do the ums in even on the podcast. And I was like embarrassed. I was really embarrassed. Like, oh my goodness. So I had a friend of a friend who was a hypnotherapist and I was really geeking out at the time and just learning about it. And so I would go in just to like, yeah, I want to get hypnotized and all this. That's how weird I am. And they're like, what do you want to like get? What do you want to break free of? What habit do you want to get rid of? What, what do you want to change in your life? And I was like, well, this person just told me I say um a lot. Can we work on that? And she's like, yeah, of course. And then we did one session. I went to my next presentation and I had a friend in the audience. I said, just count, listen for the ums and count how many. I had one. I did the whole presentation, same content. And I had one and I was like, whoa, I think this stuff really works. Right. And I was really hooked. I was really geeked. I, anyways, I told this on the episode and I'm like, I haven't done one since. So the ums have come back a little bit, probably not as bad as they used to. So I've been a big fan, a big advocate for using hypnosis, self-hypnosis in my life. And I really want to start bringing you more people that have more experience, knowledge and wisdom in using hypnosis so that we could go deeper into these topics and that you could start to venture out there and be proactive about putting hypnosis or a self-hypnosis tape or track into your daily routine. So that's exactly what we're going to do today. 
you're going to hear from Doug O'Brien, someone I've gone through a lot of his training. There's still, he's so much. I'm like, I still have so much I want to learn from him. His perspective on what hypnosis is, why it works, what it's not, and how we can start actually using the power of our subconscious mind, even like for five, 10 minutes a day while we're going for a walk or listening to this podcast and how he uses it every single day and just how powerful and transformative it can be. And there's just so many uses and applications for it. He gives an example of somebody who might have a fear of public speaking. Maybe you have a fear of starting your podcast or what to say. You have a fear of how you're going to perform on your webinar. It doesn't have to be on stage at an in-person event, right? But his concept and really giving you the idea of like how it works it looks like magic. It looks like a miracle, but it, you know, it's backed by science and it's really simple, really simple. It's just, it's a way to reprogram your subconscious mind, you know, change your thoughts, change the way you think about things and your life begins to change. And this is something that is so easy. It takes such little effort. This is a big reason why I continue to say that you don't need to be hustling. You don't need to rely on your effort and work harder, push, harder, push, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle your face off. Because if you got your wires crossed in your brain, it doesn't matter how much you're working. You're just spinning your wheels and you're not moving. So I'm very passionate about these topics. I know you are. I know you are. So I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest. So Doug O'Brien is an internationally recognized expert in Ericksonian hypnosis, NLP or neuro-linguistic programming and havening, which we get into that today, which is really fascinating. With these tools, he can show you how to overcome fears, reduce stress, and create new positive habits in your life. He's worked directly with Dr. Oz. He served as master trainer in Tony Robbins' organization. And today, as a peak performance coach, Doug works with a wide range of individuals, from rodeo bull riders to Manhattan CEOs, as well as Broadway actors, and now online entrepreneurs like you transform their lives. So without further ado, let's play that interview with Doug O'Brien right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Mr. Doug O'Brien. Doug, how you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, very good. I'm very excited about this because, as I let our listeners know, I've already consumed a few of your training programs. I think you're a master at what you teach, and you teach it very eloquently, very uh, succinctly, and very simple manner that like anybody like myself can learn. So it's it's a real honor to bring you to the show and have you share a little bit about what you do, talk more about hypnosis and how this can be a part of someone's daily mindfulness practice, which I love. But I think the first question I'd like to ask is, is if you could just tell a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and I think most importantly, why you do it. Sounds great. Yeah. Let me go back a bit. Um, I started off my adult life, if you will, as a professional musician. Came to New York City back in the early days, well, the early for me at least, the 1980s, to pursue a career in rock and roll. And I did. And I played for a number of years in bands and things. And then um, I was intrigued by Anthony Robbins and the Firewalk experience. So I took that thing back in 1985. To my surprise, it was very cool. I, at first, when I went to it, I didn't really want to go. My, my girlfriend sort of dragged me, kicking and screaming to it. But I, I ended up really loving it. And it radically changed my life because it introduced me to a whole new way of, of thinking that, you know, the way that you think changes 
your neurology changes, your brain changes, you know, everything. And then I wanted to learn more. So the more that I learned about NLP, the more I learned about its precursors, which was Ericksonian hypnosis. Absolutely fell in love with the whole concept of Ericksonian hypnosis, the work of Milton Erickson, and uh, studied it as much as I could. They kind of keep it secret, if you will. Ericksonian hypnosis is usually only taught to people who are actual PhDs or psychiatrists or something. So I had to find my way in. But as I've been doing this now over over the years, it just has expanded and grown with my life. Uh, it's just an amazing, amazing, beautiful thing that's uh, rich and deep and wide and beautiful. I just uh, I do it every day. Do you really? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's awesome. And are you... Um... Are you doing it on yourself? Do you have someone that you go to who does hypnosis to you? What does that that look like? That's a great question. That's a very, very good question. Hypnosis is usually done, if people don't know much about it, with a practitioner. You go to a hypnotist. Mm -hmm. So people come to me. This is my little office right now. I can show you around. But I've got a little trance chair over there where people sit down and go (laughs) go into trance and like, it's where the that magic happens. Right it's where the magic happens. <laughs> yeah. And so that's usually the, the easiest way to do it. You know, it's like getting a massage. You can do self-massage, but it's certainly <laughs> a lot easier to go to a massage therapist and they just, you know, work out your kinks. But as a regular basis, the thing that I love about Ericksonian hypnosis is that it, it is not a thing that most people think of as hypnosis. Most people think of hypnosis, you know, that you're going to wave the wand and, you know, wave the watch and make you go into trance and then you'll do whatever I tell you uh, I want you to do. Cluck like a chicken. I don't know why that's so popular. <laughs> but nevertheless, I find it very, very different. I think that Ericksonian hypnosis has to do with finding the resources inside yourself and bringing them out. And so when I do this as a daily basis, I'm creating a deeper sense of rapport with my own unconscious mind which allows me to be just vastly more productive and functional and, and positive and um, getting all these resources where I need them. Okay. So what I'm hearing is for you, the process of hypnosis is finding the resources that are already inside yourself. What does that mean? Like, what do you mean by resources? Well, emotional resources, skills, as an example, yeah. sometimes people have trouble with uh, public speaking. As an example, like Mm -hmm. you and I are having a conversation right now. It's very simple. It's just you and I talking. The fact that other people are listening, we don't pay attention to because we're just having this one-to-one conversation. But for a lot of people, if suddenly you get up in front of all those people and you can see them all, and they're sitting in chairs looking at you quietly, just waiting for you to speak, you know, suddenly it's like, they're scary, and, and they just can't do it anymore. Suddenly they can't find the right words. Suddenly they can't, you know, think on their feet. They're just stuck. Right. So that's an example of not getting in touch with your resources. Mm. So what Ericksonian hypnosis has to do with saying, okay, I have everything I need inside me. I have the ability to be successful. I have the ability to be happy. I have the ability to be healthy. I have all these abilities within me. If I'm not doing those things, then something's stopping me. So Ericksonian hypnosis is about removing those blocks and you know, getting access to those resources. It's, it's starting with this idea that at least in some area, like it's contextual, like some area in your life, you are using this, this skill or resource. It's just for some reason in our life, in a different context, we can't access it. Like when we yeah. go speak on stage. I mean, like, I always want to ask like, why, 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 you know, like how and how, what is the process that's actually 
happening that makes that work? Because what you're telling me then is that, you know, someone can go through a hypnosis session or a few and overcome a lifelong fear of public speaking. Is that what I'm hearing as well? Yeah, actually, you can. I mean, I mean how does that actually then work? What is the, the science or the process behind that that makes... Because from an outsider, that just sounds like, wow, what a miracle, right? It does. It is kind of miraculous. But what it has to do with it, one of the reasons NLP sort of grabbed my attention back in the 80s is it has a very different kind of uh, metaphor for how the brain works. Going back to pre-NLP, pre-Erickson uh, hypnosis, there was Freudian psychology. And Freudian psychology was kind of the coolest thing of its day back in the industrial age, you know, when things were just being, you know, factories were changing the way people lived and people moved from the country to the city and there was all this, you know, industrial revolution thing happening. So the metaphor for how the brain worked was kind of like that. It was like a seething cauldron. The unconscious mind was like the seething cauldron of, of stuff. And if you, you know, if you aren't careful, it can take over. But if you tap into it, you can bring that stuff up and utilize it properly. But it was very mechanical kind of thing. Now we have computers, right? So the metaphor for the brain mm. is like the computer is very different. It's not industrial. It's not like do this, do that, you know, kind of thing. It's a computer. It's a program. So NLP says, if your brain is like a computer, then we can program it. Neuro-linguistic programming has to do with finding out how this brain of ours works, how the program runs, then says, okay, well, let's either take out the program we don't like and put something else in, in its place, or let's discover something that we have yet to accomplish or we want to do, like learning a new language or learning to play an instrument or something, and put in that program. So we can learn that and do that more rapidly. So we model experts in the field and we find out how they're doing it. It is really cool to think of your brain as being like a computer because then we don't have to do what Freud thought we had to do, which is to go back and talk about our problems for years and years and years. <laughs> right. Try to get some insight in it. It just says, no, we can change now. The past doesn't equal the future. The past may have gotten just where we are now, but what you do now creates the future that you want to have. Mm, I love that. And so the process of hypnosis is like the process of writing or rewriting a new program for yeah, this computer. I love that. And typically something like that, when you're working, let's say one-on-one, -on -one, cause like in person, like that's probably the most effective form. If that's a safe assumption to make, how many sessions and how much time does that take before someone can like, no longer have that debilitating, crippling stage fright? Well, golly, that's an excellent question. You are good. Actually. I'm glad you're interviewing me. <laughs> I'm curious. The answer, well, the answer is that it's different for everybody. I mean, yeah. it'd be nice if we were really a computer and I could just say, okay, just I'll be 45 minutes and we'll just yep. you know, tape out the program, put in this new one and just take a second. Control, save, and we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool, Restart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In a way, hypnosis is kind of like restarting. You go down into the trance and then you restart. But in actual fact, we are human beings and there's a lot of complexities to us and everybody's different. Mm -hmm. So I can't really say it's going to be like this for you because it was like that for somebody else. We'll find out. But I, for on average, yeah. I see people like three, four times per issue. The same kind of issue that would take years and years and years for a you know, Freudian sort of person to do if they got the results at all. So it, it seems kind of miraculous. People sometimes expect it to be like, you know, snap your fingers and boom, changed. 
it's not always that easy. Sometimes it is, mm. but it's not always. So I, I usually say, you know, three, four sessions on, on average. For, and I think this is so great for like, lazy people because you're just laying in a chair and it's so like I mean I, I mean I say that like you know I'm joking but at the same time like one of our messages that we have on the podcast is how success doesn't require all this hard work and struggle and sacrifice and this is a perfect example of like if your internal subconscious programming is preventing you from performing to your best ability on stage, like how much worrying about it and doing things about it is going to prevent that. And like sitting here in a chair with you for a single session to a two or three could, could shift something drastically for you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's usually the last place that we look. Okay. Uh, gosh, I have so many questions, but let's get, let's go to this one. I think for me, when it comes to, the concept of hypnosis, sometimes I feel like, where do I even start with it in the context of how do I apply it to my life? To give advice, like, do you have advice of like, for people of where it's, especially as an entrepreneur, like where could this best be applied or what are, how to look for areas in your life where you go, ah, hypnosis could really impact that area of your life? Well. The thing about that is that, it, again, it's different for everybody. But the one thing that I'd say is true for everybody is that the recognition that you have a conscious mind and you have an unconscious mind mm -hmm. is very, very important. And most people enter things from the conscious side, saying things, I'm going to work harder and do this and take this class and apply, you know, and they work, work, work on the conscious side of things to get things, things done. And that's great. That's good. You know, it's good to practice particular skills and whatever. And it is also true that we are always in a trance of one kind or another. We are, our unconscious mind is always present and always active. So if you can approach it from that side as well, then you're going to be, I think, getting far quicker, more complete results that way. So for me, it's, it's, a, it's a number of things. The reason I do it every day is I like to sort of turn things over to my unconscious mind on a daily basis to keep that sort of connection strong. It's like going to a gym every day. You know, if you want to stay healthy, it's not like go to the gym once on January 1st and you're done for the year. You know, you, you go every day, theoretically at least. You know, the more the better. So for me, when I'm running, I'd like to run. I'm a runner, so I go up to the Prospect Park here in Brooklyn. While I'm running, I stop and I sit on a park bench and I do self-hypnosis for 10 minutes. To most people, it probably looks like I'm meditating, and it is kind of sort of a meditation. But it's, I'm just sort of focusing in and allowing my unconscious mind to be the, the driver for a while hmm. and uh, sit in the back seat and enjoy the scenery. Can you take us a little bit deeper in what, that, what those 10 minutes look like? Like what's going on in Absolutely. your mind? I can do definitely do that. It's an interesting thing because usually when you do hypnosis on a like sit in the chair over there and I'll do the talking, there are suggestions being given. I'm giving you... You know, you will feel comfortable, you know, you'll be at your best public speaking today. You know, you're going to be great on this podcast. You know, I'm going to give suggestions that will go into your unconscious mind and then, you know, be present for you. When I do self-hypnosis, it is usually not like that at all. Usually I'm just sort of turning, like I said, the driver's seat over to the unconscious mind. So my conscious mind is just kind of getting out of the way. So it's really kind of a, a meditation. I actually repeat the following phrase to myself over and over again while I am perceiving the world around me. So, for instance, I might look at a tree and keep my eyes focused on a branch, and I'll say to myself, I'm now aware that I see that branch. 
and I'll just be with that perception for a second or two, a breath or two. And then I'll say, I'm now aware that I see that bird. And I'm still seeing the branch, but I'm also seeing the bird. And then I'll say, I'm now aware that I see the sky. So I'm now seeing three things that I'm being aware of. I'm now aware that I see the grass. And so I've got four visual things maintained by my awareness in the visual field. Then I go to the auditory and I say, I'm now aware that I hear the dogs barking. I'm now aware that I hear the rustling of the trees. I'm now aware that I hear the car horn. I'm now aware that I hear my voice. Do four auditory things. Then I'll do the same sentence, but in the kinesthetic modality. So I'll say something like, I'm now aware that I can feel my feet on the floor. I'm now aware that I feel the temperature of the air. I'm now aware that I feel myself breathing. I'm now aware that I feel my back against the park bench. And I'll keep going through those modalities, like visual, auditory, kinesthetic, sort of rotating through them. While my you know, conscious mind is just kind of out of the way, kind of like, yeah, perceiving all this stuff, my unconscious mind more and more is taking over because my conscious mind can't really keep track of four hmm. visuals and four auditories and four kinesthetics and then four more and four more. It's like it's, it's overload to the conscious mind. So it kind of zones out and just kind of is there. I'm just kind of there, you know, while the unconscious mind wanders around a bit. And so... Um, it's, it sounds a little oversimplistic when I describe it like this, but it's just a lovely, lovely feeling of oneness, if you will, mm. with the world around me. Which and is why I like to do it outside, but you can do it any place at all. And you kind of, I have to assume you kind of know when, when the conscious mind is out of the way. Like it, it kind of is like a feeling or a state that you're like. What happens for most people is if you start off looking at the tree with your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Your eyes close at some point. You sort of zone out a bit and you kind of go into a, a, a trance, mm-hmm. basically. It, that's the idea, of course, of hypnosis, just to go into a trance state. So your eyes tend to close. You tend to sort of um, be in a sleep-like state. The word hypnosis, by the way, was named after the Greek word for sleep, which is hypnos. So it's a sleep-like state. So, you know, your eyes tend to close. You tend to sort of get into that zone. They don't have to. People are in trances all the time. So you can certainly be in a trance with your eyes open. Yeah. And then once you feel like you're in that, that state, that, that trance where the subconscious is taken over, it's just silence at that point. You're really pretty much. Yeah. You can do a variety of things. I often, uh, suggest to people that when their eyes close and they can, in their mind's eye, go someplace beautiful. Since I'm starting off Mm. in the park, usually I don't have to go anywhere, but if I'm doing it here in my office, as an example, I might, you know, when my eyes close, imagine that I'm at the park. Or I might imagine that I'm at the beach. I might imagine that I'm in the woods somewhere. But you know, someplace beautiful that feels to me like, you know, the place I want to be. Yeah. What would you say are, I mean, I, I do stuff like this, and I think a lot of our listeners do, but I really want to sell them on this practice. What are the benefits of doing that? If you do that every day for just 10 minutes, what, what are the effects that people could start to see from doing that? Well, certainly it's healthy. You know, it is like a mindfulness meditation. I mean, it truly is. So you get a greater focus of your uh, of your mind so that you, you know, are just more awake, if you will, throughout the day. Ironically, since you're kind of going into a sleep-like state, it's ironic that you become more awake of it. Mm. But you are. You're more awake to the world around you, to the present moment. And you get a sort of clarity of your mind about, like, where you are in your life and what you're doing with your life. So just things become focused in that way, just clear. You reduce stress 
Yeah. So that's a huge that's thing. A <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> no one here struggles with stress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you want to, because that it is hypnosis, you can give yourself suggestions while you're in that thing. Or you can do what mm. I do often, which is to say to my unconscious mind, today while I'm in trance, I'd like to have my unconscious mind bring up to the surface all the resources and references that I need in order to accomplish X, Y, or Z throughout the day. If I'm doing a podcast with somebody who's just an amazingly impressive person, I might just say, you know, today, while I'm in trance, bring up all the references and resources that I need in order to be, you know, good enough for this mm, podcast today. Yeah. Gosh, that's really good. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on like, so here is this process of getting this conscious mind out of the way and to give yourself even just a few minutes a day to do what you just described. Whereas what most of us are doing 23 hours of the day, or, you know, as long as we're awake is a different type of self-talk. Like for most of us, most of the times of the day, people are like beating themselves up and talking themselves out of their dreams. And they've got that monkey mind. And I'd love like for you to share any of your perspectives or thoughts on the relationship of that monkey mind, as a lot of people call it, to hypnosis and the and the subconscious mind. Absolutely, you know it's a, it's a fascinating subject to me. I, I truly am fascinated by it. It's one of the reasons it sort of has taken over my life. I still play music, but I don't do it professionally anymore. I just I am so enriched by this work for myself and for others. I just love telling people about it and teaching people about it and doing it with people to help overcome their obstacles. It's an amazing thing. But that monkey mind is a fascinating thing because, you know, one of the things that happens with people is that their brain asks questions. Like if something were to happen right now, if suddenly the, the podcast went wonky or whatever, we might be prone to say like, oh, why does this always happen to me? And like, what's wrong with this stupid, you know? This is always happening. Right? We might have this kind of thing. And when you ask a question, your brain wants to give you an answer, right? Mm. So if you say, what's wrong with me? Why do I always do this? Your brain will say, oh, well, I'll tell you what the reason is. And yeah, give I'll you, tell you what's wrong right? with you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you answers that seem to be true, because you've heard them your whole damn life, you know, you've heard them the whole time. Your father said it to you when you're three years old. You're so clumsy. You know, and he's, you've heard it your whole life. So you believe it, even though it's just not true but it doesn't matter if it's not true you believe it to be true so you act as if it's true and therefore it might as well be hmm. it, it becomes true so that's kind of an example of the monkey mind right habitual yeah. self-talk and you know old programming if you will so what hypnosis can do is sort of interrupt that pattern and say focus on this instead one of the things i often recommend to people is that they do hypnosis before bed because to me, you know, when you're going to sleep at night, you're going through a period of time where you're no longer fully awake, which you're not quite asleep yet either, which is, you know, when you think about it, hypnosis. You know, that's the same mental state as hypnosis. You know, you're not quite awake, you're not quite asleep, you're in between. Mm-hmm. That in-between state is a hypnogogic state, and you're open to suggestions. So if you're giving yourself this monkey mind talk kind of thing going on, your brain goes, yeah, okay, I can do that for you. Yeah, no problem. You want more of that? You got it. You know, and while you're sleeping at night, now going into hypnosis, now going into hypnosis, sleep, you know, your brain is is reinforcing all these suggestions that you put in just before bed. You know, so all night long, it's being reinforced through dreams, et cetera. 
So I'm thinking, let's not do that. Let's yeah. let's do the opposite. In fact, let's put in good suggestions. You know, when you're going to sleep at night, so that your sleep is reinforcing the positive stuff. You know, all night through without where you are, you're dreaming. So what I like to suggest is either you do self-hypnosis or you put on a tape, you know, a tape, you know, a recording. I call them tapes because <laughs> I grew up in the <laughs> 70s. And, but, um, you know, we don't even have CDs anymore. People do digital. <laughs> I, I have some. <laughs> yeah. Interesting thing, but anyway, put down a recording so that you know you don't have to be doing the work. You can just mm. fall asleep, right? And you're, while the the talk is happening in the recordings, there's lots of good recordings. I, obviously, I make some because I'm a hypnotist, but yeah. there's plenty of them out. You know, not necessarily as good as mine, but <laughs> right, right. If you want, if you want the average stuff, there's others that you can check out. But lots of stuff out there, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so for like a process of doing self-hypnosis before bed do you do you suggest a similar process to the one that you described like while you went on your walk where you're you can, engaging you can do your... that absolutely you can like i said put on a recording that is like for instance i have one that has to do with walking along a beach it's very relaxing kind mm. of a progressive relaxation so it's really designed to help you go to sleep so it's not just hypnosis it's hypnosis to go to sleep with mm -hmm. um, and while you're going into sleep, it gives you those suggestions. So those are great ways of going to sleep at night. But there's also this technique that I haven't mentioned with you at all yet called the havening techniques. I've heard you talk about that, and I'm very curious. Is that something we get to dive into today? We certainly can. Yeah. Okay, wait, before we do that, I have one more question about the hypnosis, because you talked about the original des description is like of using hypnosis is like finding these resources that are already inside yourself. Boy, I might be about to open a whole can of worms where it's like, you know, here's this like access to a skill or a, or a feeling or a state that you already know. What about belief change? Are we mm. using hypnosis and, and can we use it to, to shift beliefs? Like let's say someone's got some real, and this is a common one on the show, stories about money. You know, like money doesn't grow on trees. You got to work hard to make money. Can hypnosis change that programming by changing those beliefs? Absolutely. Fascinating thing because, you, you know, you've read my Sleight of Mouth book and mm -hmm. Sleight of Mouth tapes. That were, that's all about beliefs. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's taking those beliefs from a real structural point of view. Like, how do you know that that's true? How do you know money doesn't grow on trees? It's like, well, because in you, and when you unpack that whole belief, then you can and you can mess with it and you can change the belief in a very specific and directed way. It is also true that for most people, they don't go through that whole structure. They just kind of say, I believe this or I believe that. Mm -hmm. And they don't go through the whole process of saying why and you know, how is that really held into place and how do we unpack that and how do we you know, pull that apart so it doesn't exist anymore. Most people just say, I, I believe it. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, a way that we can do that with hypnosis, you know, sort of say, what is it that you want to believe that's opposite of that? It's perhaps not quite as dynamically focused as sleight of mouth, but it works. And the more that you do it, that's, it's kind of the age old statement. You know, the more that you hear it, the more you believe it, mm. the more it's repeated over and over again, the more it's likely to be true. And it so, doesn't have to use yeah. any like, slide of mouth patterns in the hypnosis in order to be because it's just new you can i mean sure why not you can i certainly add those into my recordings but you know you don't have to yeah just say it over i'm happy i'm happy you know 
Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Good. Okay. That was great to hear. I've heard you mention Havening. Did I pronounce it properly? Havenings? Havenings. Havenings. Okay. I thought I've seen it wrong. Because the reason the word, the name comes from is wanting to find a safe haven. Uh, when you get traumatized, it's because part of the brain thinks there isn't one. There is no safe haven to get to. So you become traumatized because there's no escape. Mm, okay. Got it. So, yeah, can you share a little bit about what this process looks like? Surely. It's incredibly exciting, actually. I, I do believe that havening will really change psychotherapy as we know it in the years going forward. It's a psychosensory technique, which is to say, there's both talking, which is the psycho, and there's also a sensory, which is a touch. People perhaps have heard of tapping. There's pl- different yes. types of techniques like EFT, TFT, where you tap on parts of your f- head and forehead and arms and different places. A doctor in New York a few years ago was, was introduced to tapping, thought, well, that's very interesting, but it makes no sense from a medical standpoint. And he's also a PhD in organic chemistry. So he tried to do, he did some research to find out like, what's really going on here i mean you know very long story short <laughs> so what he found out was that when touch is applied to the head or or the arms the different places in the body that the body because of the its nature of being an electrical chemical system any anything that you see hear, feel taste or touch has to be transduced into an electrical chemical signal to get to your brain for your brain to make sense of it so when you do this touching in the arms or on the face and the palms of the hands that electrical chemical signal gets to the brain in the form of a delta wave. <sighs> That's a long statement. <laughs> so delta waves. <laughs> so what's cool about delta waves is delta waves, therefore, then the electrical chemical part, the chemicals that are released from the delta wave in the brain are dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin and GABA, which are basically neurotransmitters or neuroinhibitors that cause the brain to feel very calm and relax Mm. and so if you are often being traumatized this is the antidote to that basically again this is this is a whole nother discussion we could talk about this for hours but suffice it to say it can literally remove the effects of a trauma in like 10 minutes time wow but what i'm hearing is it's like almost inducing a hypnotic state yeah, that's a very, very good way to think, to think of it. It is kind of doing that. When you do hypnosis well, you do also go into delta. You don't necessarily, you don't have to, but hypnosis can certainly produce delta. When you do the touching, you, you just do produce delta. So therefore, how you use it is part of the different delta havening techniques, different okay. ways of using the delta once it's there. Okay. So can you keep going? So it's... The first part is your, is your, and for those who are just listening to the audio, Doug is like swiping his arm or his hands down from his shoulder to his elbow. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so his shoulder down to the elbow and then you lift off and do it again. Mm-hmm. So always a downward stroke. And it's also because the brain has you know, an amygdala, which is, this is basically going to be affecting the amygdala and the limbic system. You have one on both hemispheres of the brain. You want to do it on both sides of your body because you get both of them in that way. Mm. So the same thing with the face. It's always a bilateral stimulation. Okay. So you're stroking the forehead or you're stroking the cheeks and whatever way feels comfortable to you. So when that happens, the delta waves, you know, what's, what's going to be taking place there with, with the release of the dopamine and the serotonin is if there is a trauma that's been, let's say we're working with somebody with a trauma. Let me give you an example, actually. Yeah. First time I ever saw this, demonstrated. There was a woman who was volunteering for the demonstration with Dr. Ronald Rudin, who was the creator of Havening. 
She had been in the World Trade Centers when the first plane hit. She was there on the ground floor getting money out of an ATM when suddenly, you know, the world changed. Wow. Not in a good way. She was eight and a half months pregnant. She couldn't run. She couldn't escape. And so she was traumatized from this. You know, all the elements were there. There's the this event, there's the meaning. There's, she couldn't escape. It was all there. So she was obviously traumatized. Many people were traumatized from 9-11 just by hearing about it. Mm -hmm. She was actually in the building. Mm. So when I saw this demonstration done in 2013, she'd been you know, like this for a long time, you know, 12 years. So I was kind of amazed to see, uh, like within about 20 minutes, she was calm and describing it like as a bad day that had happened to her. And uh, Dr. Rudin had worked with her. So when he first asked her on a scale of zero to 10, you know, how bad is this? She says, it's like, it's 11, you know, it's just off the charts. By the time he was done, it was a zero. There was no response. In no 20 minutes. Response. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what was amazingly cool about that is it stayed that way. The next day she came back, the second day for the seminar, they were actually doing a PowerPoint presentation that showed photographs of 9-11 as an example of a traumatic experience. And I was looking at her thinking, oh, geez, I, you know, I was feeling upset because of these images. She was just very calmly watching us you know, as if it was just another slide. Holy amazing cow. That is amazing. Yeah. So, And she, by the way, is now becoming a Havening practitioner herself. Oh, she's, that's she's awesome. That's amazing. So what else? Uh, I mean, was she just sitting there for 20 minutes, like stroking her arms? Is that all it is? No, it's not. It's, okay. there's, there's more, it's psycho and sensory. You know, the sensory part is the touch. That's where you get the delta waves. But then what you do with it is uh, there's techniques involved with that. Okay. But so one of the things that you can do getting back to going to sleep at night yeah. is because the, the touch on the face and the arms creates delta waves, it's kind of like, you know, giving you a head start on the dream state. So if you were to stop and visualize what you want to have be happening in your life and give yourself positive affirmations, like saying, I'm successful in business, I'm, you know, I'm rocking this entrepreneurial enterprise that I'm involved in. You know, if you visualize that and to talk to yourself that way while you're doing the havening touch and then drift off to sleep that way, it's, it's kind of like hacking into your brain's memory consolidation system. Wow. So it, it can be as simple for us to try this on is stroking the the shoulders and arms or the face while visualizing and speaking to a suggestion that we intend to create. Yeah. I love that. What happens, yeah, it, the memory consolidation system is very interesting. I mentioned the amygdala. It's part of the limbic system and it's right next to the hippocampus, which is where memories are created. So, you know, makes sense if your brain wants you to remember this traumatic experience so you never do that again you know you want to remember it quickly so it goes right into the hippocampus right next to each other mm. it's a survival thing yeah it's also true that the hippocampus makes memories for everything you know if you have a short-term memory it's because of your hippocampus if it's going to be a long-term memory then the hippocampus has to move it out into the larger cerebral cortex it requires serotonin it requires basically everything you get from havening in order to do that. So it usually happens in dream time while you're sleeping, you know, so it just automatically goes down into the delta waves. And then you're dreaming, you're seeing things, you're talking to yourself. Wow. So when you do havening, you're seeing things, you're talking to yourself, you know, you're visualizing, you're telling yourself positive affirmations while you're giving them yourself the delta waves from the stroking of the arms and the face. You're hacking into the brain's memory consolidation system. So your brain goes, yes, that's true. I am successful in business. I am rocking this, you know, entrepreneurial enterprise and involved in, you know? Yes. 
I love this. This is so, so awesome. And I could keep geeking out with you forever on this. In a moment, I want to see if you've got somewhere you can send our listeners so they can start diving into your material. Like, I know we have people that are just going to be at this point, like, they just want to press play on a guided hypnosis. Because even when you were, like, demonstrating the self-hypnosis where you, when you go on a hike, like, you're so good at the voice of, like, like I was getting tired listening to you during that point. Like, okay, my eyes are getting very heavy right now. But I forgot to mention that I actually, and I should let our listeners know this too, that I went and saw a hypnotherapist years and years ago. And it wasn't around public speaking, like a fear of public speaking, but I had someone who had been a Toastmasters come up to me and said, James, I just saw you spoke and I wanted to let you know that you said the word like 67 times in 30 minutes. And I was like so embarrassed. And I went to a hypnotherapist and they were able in a single session, like I was like, can we remove um from my vocabulary? And I went and did my next presentation and had someone count and they said, I only said it once. Wow. That's amazing, right? So just the, the power and I think just like the vast array of uses that it has in your life is pretty amazing. But I probably I probably have said um a few times on this on this show, so maybe I need to keep it up. Some counting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but where? Um, there it goes. There was one right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's very it's challenging consciously to not say the ums. Where can our listeners go if they would like to hear more about your hypnosis tracks or or any of the other work that you do? Well, I have actually two websites. You know, my mm. name is Doug O'Brien, so DougO'BrienHypnosis.com is one of them. And I do Ericksonian hypnosis, so Ericksonian.com is the other one. I tend to have it be more like if you want to learn how to do these things, if you want to learn and take a class, that's more in the Ericksonian.com area. Mm-hmm. If you want to, you know, do hypnosis, you know, or have access to a recording or something for that area, DougO'BrienHypnosis.com is more for that Awesome. And but we'll, also just one oh, of the, uh, the Betty Erickson special thing. I do have a, uh, a free download mm. for how to do the Betty. The, I call it the, the way of doing self-hypnosis. This is called the Betty Erickson specials named after Milton's wife. Betty. <laughs> it's her, her favorite way of doing self-hypnosis. So I do actually on, um, gosh, I, I'm not really sure if it's, well, this is embarrassing. I'm not sure if it's on ericksonian.com or douglabryanhypnosis.com. But one of them has that. And we'll, we'll link that up for you guys in the show notes so that you can just click on that and that'll take you right to the free download. So that is a training on how to, how to do a self-hypnosis. Self-hypnosis for yourself. Yeah. Love it. Describing before. That's awesome. Doug, this has been amazing. I think this is such a fascinating and, and important topic. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time to come on and, and share any final thoughts or words or anything else you'd like to share in order to call this episode complete for our listeners? Oh, gosh, that's no, no pressure there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, all I would say is that, you know, people often think that they're broken or that there's, they've got things about themselves that they can't change. It's rarely, rarely true that there's something about you that can't be changed or that's really broken. I think that there's always a way to mm. get things you know, made better, if not fixed entirely. So don't ever quit, you know, you know, find somebody who can help you. And there's a lot of good people. Like you said, that person who helped you with the ums, there's a lot of good people out there. Yeah. And self-havening, self-hypnosis are things that you can do for yourself that make your life better. So do it. 
I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug O'Brien. Doug, thank you so much again. And special thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. We'll see you all next week. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.